Welcome to Exploring Sacred Spaces, a Pardes mini-podcast series featuring the Maggid of Melbourne, Rabbi Dr. Levy Cooper. Throughout this series, the Maggid of Melbourne will be taking us on an exploration of synagogue architecture and what makes physical space fit for sacred action. And now, here's the Maggid of Melbourne himself, Levy Cooper. This is Levy Cooper, coming to you from Tzor Hadassah. We've already seen that a synagogue needs windows. And the sages learnt this out from Daniel. We've also discussed what the reasons for those windows might be. And in the previous episode, we discussed a dispute between two students of Rav Yehuda Amital here in Tzor Hadassah. Why did their Rosh Yeshiva demand that the Yeshiva that was being built would have windows? Was it in order to smell the coming of the Messiah or perhaps in order to see what was going on outside? And from here, we might continue to the question, how should we design the windows of a Beit Knesset? What should the windows be built from? So we've already discussed previously that our synagogues are a mikdash ma'at. They are a replica of the temple. And this definition or this aspiration leads to various rules and guidelines for how to build a synagogue. We mentioned the platform that the Kohanim stand on. We discussed the menorah and the Chanukiah. And there are a number of other examples of synagogue architecture that is supposed to echo the Beit HaMikdash, the temple. Now, in the Beit HaMikdash, there were windows, very special windows. In fact, in the Book of Kings, Malachim, where there's a description of the Beit HaMikdash of the temple that King Solomon built, one of the first things mentioned is the windows. Vayas labait chalonei shkufim atumim. And he made for the house, for the structure, for the Beit HaMikdash, chalonei windows that were shkufim atumim, which in modern Hebrew would be translated as shkufim, transparent, atumim, sealed. One second. Were the windows transparent or were they sealed? And various commentators have tried to grapple with understanding this biblical description. So according to some approaches, shkufim does not mean transparent as we define it today. Rather, it means open. And atumim doesn't mean that it was closed, but it meant that it could be closed. So what's being described over here is an opening in the wall that has shutters. So that's what one approach to understanding the windows in the Temple of Solomon. They were holes in the walls with shutters so that they could be sealed, they could be closed. Another approach appears in the commentary of the Abarbanel. And the Abarbanel says, no, these were windows that were a particular type of window that kings made in their castles. 
such that they have a small slit through which the king could look and see everything outside, but you cannot see into the building. So we can imagine such windows. We've seen them, I'm sure, in various uh, castles and buildings around the world. And that's what the Abar Benel is imagining. The Beit HaMikdash windows were these slits in the, in the stone walls so that from within the Beit HaMikdash, you could see out, but not from outside in. Maybe that's the equivalent of today's modern one-way glass. The Abarbanel then offers a second explanation. Says the Abarbanel, what does shkufim mean? Shkufim is mirim uvehirim ba'atzmam. They could be, they were transparent, bright, but they were closed because they were not wide open. It sounds like the Abarbanelli is describing what we would refer to as a modern window, a clear piece of glass that covers the opening and makes sure that the elements cannot come into the building. But yet, one can see through that opening to the other side. Was there glass windows in the Abarbanel's time in the Middle Ages? Indeed, there was. What about in King Solomon's time? So the truth is, my friends, glass was invented in Egypt long before King Solomon. But that glass was unsuitable for windows. And historians tell us that glass-making capabilities that could produce windows, were invented in Tzor and Sidon, north of Israel in today's Lebanon, and it was invented in King Solomon's time. Now, we know from chapter 8 of Malachim Aleph, the first book of Kings, that King Solomon brought many materials from Tzor in order to build the Beit HaMikdash. It's therefore possible that he brought transparent glass windows for the Beit HaMikdash. A fourth approach appears in the Talmud, a very different approach. The sages tell us in the Talmud that the Shkufim Atumim phrase is referring to two different, two different positions. Shkufim Mibifnim so that sounds like one-way glass. They were, from inside, they were transparent, but from the outside, they could not be seen in. But then the Gemara says, The Almighty says, build those windows, but I don't need light from the outside. And Rashi, commenting on that, says, what, what, what's being described here? And Rashi explains that the windows had a very particular design. They were windows that were narrow on the inside, 
and wide on the outside. So that's exactly the opposite of the Abarbanel's first explanation, what we've seen in castles where from the inside it's wide and you can look through a, a crevice or a crack or a slit. Here, the, um, it's wider from the outside but narrower on the inside. So Rashi also says something similar in his commentary to the Book of Kings. These are not like other windows that are trying to get light from the outside to pour into the room. Rather, they were very, they were, they were special windows for the Beit Hamikdash. And the truth is, Rashi is following the Midrash Vaikra Raba, which describes such windows that are particular for the Beit Hamikdash, impractical in a normal building, but with a special message because they were to say the Beit Hamikdash is illuminated by holiness and does not need natural sunlight. Now you, my dear friends, may be wondering, what type of windows are we going to be building, constructing in our synagogue here in Suradasa? Or what type of windows will be in the Pardes Beit Midrash? Will it be one-way glass? Or perhaps openings with shutters so that we can let fresh air come in whenever we open the windows? Or perhaps we will have this unique design where the windows are narrow inside and wide on the outside? Or should we build castle-like windows, turrets with slits so that we can see everything going on outside but people cannot see inside? The halachic commentators did not set rules for what type of windows. I can tell you that what we're planning to do here in Sur Hadassah is to follow the opinion of the Abarabanel, the second opinion of the Abarabanel, and the windows in our synagogue will be like the windows from Tzor, the windows from Lebanon in King Solomon's time, or what we would describe as modern windows of glass, windows that people can see in from the outside and out from the inside. I haven't had a chance to discuss with the, the building committee at Pardes but from the models that I've seen and the images, I think that Pardesi is also going to go with that model, which is follows the opinion of the Abarbanel, windows that we can look out and windows that we can look in from the outside. That's all for now. Until the next time, to the Beat Midrash! Thank you for joining us for Exploring Sacred Spaces, a Pardes podcast production featuring the Maggid of Melbourne, Levy Cooper. If you like what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Follow us on your favorite streaming platform or subscribe to our newsletter to receive Pardes Torah direct to your inbox. Thanks for listening.